0: Good morning and welcome to Effectively Wild, the Baseball Prospectus Daily Podcast. The date is August 7th. The episode is 15. And your hosts, as always, or as usual, because I missed an episode and therefore will never be able to say as always, are Ben Lindbergh in Manhattan and Sam Miller in Long Beach. Good morning, Sam. Good morning, Ben. What's your topic?
1: My topic is my amazing streak of not missing any podcasts ever.
0: What's your real topic?
1: My topic is Cliff Lee,
0: and my real topic is Ben Sheets.
1: Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah. Okay.
0: All right. Two starters. Oops.
1: I'll start with um, I'll start with my starter. Okay. So I'm gonna just talk around Cliff Lee for a bit, and then we'll be done. Um, I. Um, I guess the, the peg is that you know, Cliff Lee was put on waivers as all players are and he was uh, claimed as many players are and uh, then he was not moved during the period where the Phillies could have worked out a trade. Um, and what's interesting to me is that um, before we heard there was a claim, uh, there were reports that um, baseball executives expected him to go unclaimed entirely. And, um, for you know, for the past few days, it's, it's really been odd to me to see how different uh, people's reactions to the situation have been. Uh, I read a lot of people um, noting how courageous the Dodgers were to put a claim in when they might get stuck with Cliff Lee's contract. And then um, the flip side is that, in fact, the Phillies didn't want to stick them with this contract. So... It's weird to me. The whole thing is weird where we just don't really have any idea what Cliff Lee's actual value is. Um, the idea being that uh, 29 teams were, according to baseball executives, poised to, uh, to let him go through waivers because they didn't want to get stuck with a contract. But, in fact, um, uh, the contract was deemed to be a valuable uh, property by the Phillies and not moved. So um, that's weird to me. Uh, the whole thing is weird to me. Um, and I guess the question I have is, uh, how much do you think Cliff Lee is worth? Um, and the second question is, if Tim Linsicum were a free agent today, how much do you think Tim Lincecum would be worth?
0: Well, for the first question, all right, so Lee signed before the 2011 season. Before last season, he signed with the Phillies for five years, 120? 120. So he's... 125.
1: I think 125, but maybe 120, but yes, okay. and, and, a, and a vesting option that seems likely to
0: Okay. Vest. So he's signed through 2015 with that vesting option for 2016, and it seems to me that he hasn't—I mean, that, that contract, I don't think was—it wasn't widely uh, criticized as a terrible deal at the time. I think there was some concern because Lee doesn't fit the, the power pitcher mold. And so there was some concern about the fact that he was already over 30 and seemed to be a guy who might suffer disproportionately from losing uh, a mile or two per hour um, compared to someone who, who throws very hard. Uh, but it seems to me that he hasn't done a whole lot to decrease his value since then or, or to scare anyone. Um, mm, no. I mean, in that... I, uh... He had a great year last year, uh, and this year he is more or less pitching the same except for the win-loss record, which is maybe what a lot of that disparity in the reactions has to... I mean, maybe you can trace it to what how people feel about win-loss record, and the people who are seeing that he's 2-6 and, and think he's having a terrible year uh, maybe would think that it would be a risk to claim him.
1: I thought about that, but I don't think I'm I mean most of my exposure ten, tends to come through the uh, tweets that I see on my uh, timeline and I don't think that I actually follow anybody who pays that much attention to his win loss record I, I mean I think there's a possibility that there's some psychological effect and if he were uh, six and two instead of two and six as he easily could be it might be that that would sway people um, uh, somewhat but I, I mean he is also his ERA is is much higher he has a uh, an ERA that is basically uh, league average um, right now and he's given up uh, as many home runs this year as he gave up all of last year and I believe last year was uh, the most he had given up since he got good again so he is given up a lot of home runs I mean it's not his best year by any means It and, and also I mean he's striking out five batters for every walk but I mean, there was a time where he was striking out ten. Yes. <laughs> uh, which is one of the great joys of my life, and um, he doesn't, you know, he doesn't quite do that. But like you say, he's he's actually pitching quite on the surface quite similarly to the way that he pitched last year. Last year was a, an exceptional season, um, a Cy Young caliber season, and um, and uh, I I mean I agree. I think that when he signed that contract, far from being criticized. Uh, as, as I recall, the the phrase that came up a lot was that Cliff Lee had left money on the table. Right, because like, there was shorter. all that talk
0: about a seven year deal, and then he ended up sending sending for five, maybe six. Yeah,
1: there was a there was a uh, there was an article by Forbes at the beginning of that off season that predicted he was going to get six years and two hundred million, <laughs> which <laughs> is uh, kind of crazy. But I mean, since then we've seen, particularly in the last uh, few months, um, or maybe the last eight months or so, it, it seems to me that we've seen. Um, Signs definitely pointing towards salary inflation. Yeah, um, and uh, I, I don't know. I mean, to me, the taking Cliff Lee's deal and cutting it. I mean, yes, you're getting now the four, the four last years of the deal instead of the, you know, instead of the the, the the younger years of the deal. But four years for a pitcher of Lee's caliber to me seems like a steal. I'm surprised that, um, I'm surprised that there weren't twenty teams that put in claims for that contract.
0: Yeah. Um. I mean. 25 million a year for the next three years those are the guaranteed years doesn't seem like a stretch really um given what some other guys have gone for annually on longer term deals and i mean it certainly seems like it would be within the the dodgers means the way they're spending these days and and with the money that they seem to have it it doesn't seem like making that kind of commitment would be a, a rash thing for them to do
1: since he signed that deal, he's been uh, better than Cole Hamels, who just signed a 144 million dollar extension, and better than Matt Kane, who just signed a 112 million dollar extension. Um, and um, so, yeah, you
0: know, of course he's several years older, but yes, I I think
1: he's not that... that much older though. I mean, he is several years older, but he's only 33.
0: Mm-hmm. And I've completely avoided your Tim Lincecum question.
1: We'll just make it real quick. If, I mean, we'll do lightning round oh, if you can. Okay. What do you What do you think you would get? I, if you accept, I mean, if he accepted the biggest offer, if he wasn't out looking for a a pillow contract.
0: Uh, uh, I think the maximum length of the deal of the offer that he would get now would be considerably shorter than it would have been at the start of the season. Say, um, I can't imagine a team going more than. Man, four years for him right now, um, and maybe looking to do uh, kind of a, a higher dollar value. But even so, I I can't see him getting to like the the twenty million dollar level. Certainly, given all the doubts about his season now. Uh, I mean, four years and sixty five.
1: Okay. That's a good—that's fine. I, I haven't put any thought into this. My first instinct was 5 and, and 90, but uh, that's uh, that seems high. Um, I could see it happening, but I don't know. It'd be an interesting question for, um, I don't know, Goldstein to, to one of his GM yes.
0: columns. <laughs> All um, right, let's talk about yours. Okay, so Ben Sheets uh, is a pitcher who is making almost no money this year. Uh, he's making— We don't know the exact terms, I don't think they've been released, but the Braves have said that it's just over the minimum, or or pretty close to the minimum. He worked out for a bunch of teams in March, and no one was interested. Uh, He was coming off Tommy John surgery after getting hurt pitching for Oakland in 2010. And then he worked out for teams again in June, and at that point there was more interest, Um, and the Braves signed him about July 1st, I think. And so he pitched today. Uh, It was his fifth start, and he has a 1.41 ERA in uh, 32 innings. Um, So the Braves have probably already gotten their money's worth at this point. Uh, And he didn't strike out a batter. He did not strike out a batter. Um, And so that was part of what I wanted to talk about, is that I'm not sure I'm buying this, really. Uh, It's a nice story but I don't think I would count on him to, to be, I mean, obviously he won't be this good, but I don't know that I would count on him even to be average going forward. I'm not sure. It's just, I mean, I've always, he's, he's always been kind of, or for several years now, he's been part of that sort of uh, honorary Rich Harden, Eric Bedard one-year contract club where you sign them hoping that they'll stay healthy and they never do but they generally pitch well while they're pitching, and then they just fall apart. Um, now he's, I mean, the ERA looks great, but there's just, and he's not a crazy low Babbit guy or anything, but he his fastball's down, which is understandable. He hasn't pitched in a while, but uh, still he's he's only throwing, and he's sitting around 90, averaging around 90 these days and uh his strikeout rate is down and he
1: but well it's down now it wasn't before this start right
0: uh
1: and he was about a strike burning before this
0: yeah he's not walking anyone he's he's got about he's walking about two batters per nine and yet his first pitch strike percentage is well below average um so i wonder if that's sustainable uh he's not getting a lot of swings outside the zone and he's got kind of a, a crazy runners-on-bases-empty split. Um, with men in scoring position, batters are hitting 150 off him. And so he has a really crazy strand rate. Um, so I don't know. I, I wonder what he is. I mean, I, I think I think it's sort of surprising that there wasn't more interest in him, maybe, than there was. Uh, he's, he's really in a, a boon to the Braves rotation, which has already lost Tommy Hansen and Brandon Beachy and and Jurgens. Uh, so I don't know. If I have a question, I guess it's do you think he's for real?
1: Uh, I haven't seen uh, – I, I, this is going to sound like uh, like an answer from a Joe Morgan chat from like four years ago, but I have not seen him pitch uh, this this year so it's hard for me to say what he looks like or anything like that all I'm going on is the the basic numbers that we've just talked about Um, I mean obviously it's losing three or four miles an hour from your peak fastball is something that is always dangerous and that pitchers have to uh, you know uh, it's a a multi-year process usually to uh... To develop other pitches and learn how to pitch with less of a fastball, and I don't know if Sheets' uh, inactivity over the past three years makes that um, a difficult. Th- I mean, basically, what I'm saying is to lose your fastball almost all at once in in terms of uh, when he was last on the mound to now, uh, it might be hard for him to have learned all the things he needs to get batters out, Yeah. if that makes sense. That was a rambling thought. <laughs> well, it it uh,
0: hasn't been really a, a steep drop. I was actually surprised to look back. I, I sort of thought of Sheets as a, a flamethrower type in his prime. Um, but if you trust the stats for fastball velocity that are out there for, for early last decade, he was really only like a 93-mile-per-hour-ish guy. Um, mm-hmm. And so... He hasn't really totally fallen off the table this year. It's been more of a, like, you know, he lost a mile per hour here, and then he was off for a couple of years, lost a mile per hour there, and now he's lost another mile per hour since the last time he pitched. So I don't know if he's a completely different pitcher or not from the last time he pitched. But then again, I guess he wasn't all that good the last time he pitched either. When he was with Oakland, he was uh, not the sort of overpowering guy we would seen before he was like a, a 4.5 ERA guy uh, so I sort of think that's still what he is
1: just uh, looking at his pitch selection uh, if this can all be trusted he is hardly throwing fastball compared to um, what you might have expected from him four or five years ago he's only throwing it about half his pitches and he was more in the two-thirds range when he was at his peak and so uh, that suggests that he is maybe has moved quite comfortably into a little bit more of a uh, junk baller, uh, junk balling veteran kind of mode.
0: Yeah, possibly.
1: He's going to be in the playoff rotation. <laughs> That's crazy.
0: I don't know if you had asked me uh, when we did our playoff rotation pitcher test the other day. I'm not sure what I would have said about Ben Sheets. I guess. Uh, I
1: think you. Yeah, you would have said no. I
0: probably would have said no.
1: Yeah. No. I think I would have probably said no. Mm-hmm. I'm skeptical, but maybe I'll uh, w- I, I should have watched tonight. May- maybe this is a may- maybe we should start talking about our topics <laughs> so that I can do research. Uh,
0: well, I don't know if a zero strikeout game would have convinced you that he's for real.
1: No, it would have been fun though zero strikeout games are always fun
0: to watch. All right, so let's wrap that up here. We have discussed two starting pitchers and we have discussed everything there was to discuss about those two starting pitchers. You now know everything about Ben Sheets and Cliff Lee. We will be back on Wednesday.